As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Hey guys, Ralph Marlbro here. We need your support to keep Saints Happy Hour going this offseason. Please support the show by becoming a patron so we can continue to cover the Saints in the ridiculous fashion you've come to expect. If you support the show, you get access to the podcast ad-free. No ads ever. Plus, you get our world-famous booze bundle, four swag items, amazing. And you get access to our private Discord channel where you can talk Saints 24-7. So please support Saints Happy Hour so we can keep this amazing community growing. Support the show at SaintsHappyHour.com today. This is Sean Payton, head coach of the New Orleans Saints. What's with this Saints Happy Cast? This has to be the worst Saints podcast in the world. Ralph can't say anyone's name right. Andrew doesn't know football. Everyone has a hard time listening to Dave. And is Kevin even there tonight? The audio with this podcast, my God, the audio, it's, it's painful. Alright everybody, welcome to another edition of Saints Happy Hour Podcast. I'm Ralph Marlboro. I'll be joined shortly by Andrew Juge, I'm sure. Uh, this is our weekly locker room app chat. Uh, if you listen to us live, thanks for joining us. If you don't, download the locker room app in the iOS store or in the Google Play store and join us every Wednesday. We're talking Saints, we're having a good time, we're telling jokes, and we're giving away prizes occasionally. Um, so... Schedule release today, Saints 2021 schedule. Uh, first thing, uh, I'm going to wait for Andrew before I go on the uh, Halloween rant. You know what? I'm not. Here's the thing. This schedule today, it's okay. You never know how to schedule. But the thing is, what Roger Goodell, he clearly, he not only hates the Saints, he hates all the children in the Houdat Nation. Halloween is a Sunday. The Saints are playing Tampa Bay at 3.30. NFL. Why couldn't you put all the games at noon on Halloween as a favor to parents? Or, I don't know, it just it stinks because if you put the game at noon, done by four, trick-or-treat. If you put the game in primetime, 7.30, fine, trick-or-treating's done. The 3.30 Halloween game is terrible because you got to get trick-or-treating. The game, God forbid it goes into overtime. My God, that'd be a disaster. I hate Roger Goodell. I knew he was going to stick it to the Saints. I just couldn't figure out how it was the Halloween game. That is an affront. It is an act of football terrorism. I hate it. It makes me realize every year when the schedule comes out why I hate Roger Goodell so much. The NFC Championship game in 2018 and the schedule every single year. It drives me insane. 
Uh, we have some requests to speak. Eric, you've been waiting the longest. Eric, your thoughts on the schedule? Uh, okay. So here, here's the thing. Trick or treat on Saturday. We no. need to start this now. Look, that's going to happen in New Orleans. But those of us who don't live in New Orleans need to start the thing. Trick or treat Saturday. It's awesome. And then Sunday is for football. Push it. I need to put, I need to, I need to get into the, tell my wife to get into the local Facebook groups. I need to start doing it now. Lay the, you're telling me to lay the groundwork. Lay the groundwork. Grassroots. Start early. We can do this. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. And it makes me mad in that, like, I think there's going to be full stadiums. Um, So I was really looking forward to seeing Tom Brady play, you know, and now I can't because it's Halloween weekend. So that just, that's another thing that stinks about the freaking schedule. Um, You know, uh, another call. Ashton, what's your thoughts on the schedule? Tough. Tough? Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Like, it doesn't – I mean, the the thing that strikes me is uh, they better get out the gate quick, Ashton, because you you get Green Bay, then you go to Carolina. uh, You know, you got got the – you go to New England, Mm -hmm. you got the Giants, you got Washington, then you got to buy. You better be three and two or four and one. Because yeah, let's just exactly. be, you know, let's just be real about it. Um, they they have to be, they have to be out the gate. Is there any one particular stretch of the schedule that you look at and you're like, ugh, that's, you know, because last year we thought that stretch where they played Atlanta twice, yeah. Denver and Philly, we were like, oh man, that stretch is going to be brutal. And they went three and one and basically got an extra buy mm. when, when Denver didn't have no quarterbacks because of the Rona. I mean, um... Not really. I mean, that from like probably the the Patriots to like um, the Bron or the um, the Buccaneers that stretch early in the season um, from like the third week to like seventh week or, yeah. or eighth week. I think that that's gonna be a tough stretch for us. Then I think that's where where we're gonna find out how good we are. I mean, it's a it's a pretty you know it's a pretty hard stretch. And here, uh, Andrew is uh, Andrew is joining us finally. That you know you got this tough stretch where you go to Seattle on a Monday, mm-hmm. f- have to fly back, play Tampa on uh. That Halloween, that's a tough stretch. Uh, so, a- Ashton, thanks for the call. Andrew, tell me, you, you are mo- – I thought I was the most incensed about the Halloween game, but you are even more incensed. Explain to people why your your rage about the Halloween game is like twice as much as mine. I mean, it, it's just horrible. I mean, and this is <laughs> this is just me personally. You know, this is just my deal. But my daughter is born on Halloween, and so – you know, it's a big deal to her. It's her birthday, you know, and it's just uh, like now trying to think about how I'm going to navigate and like the timing just couldn't be worse. Right. Because it's like four o'clock my time, like four thirty. And so the game ends around seven thirty. And I'm just like, 
you know, I'm already anticipating like a photo finish. You're going to be texting me like, dude, we got to go for the post game. I don't know what we're going to do about the you're going to you're going to stress yeah. me out about the post game. You know, my I daughter's going to be like, you already ruined my birthday. Are you going to ruin trick or treating as well? So I'm like, I'm already <laughs> I, I'm already like picturing how that all goes down. And then- I don't think I think we may just have to tell the patrons. No, by the way, you should subscribe to our pod. You should support us. We are the best Daily Saints podcast on earth. It's only $10 and do it. You get it every day. But for Halloween, I may just tell the patrons, look, you don't get like a 15-minute recap until Monday morning because, <laughs> Andrew, I got to go trick-or-treating. I got to write the WWL column. I got to get up. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. In the morning, like it's the, the Halloween thing is a nightmare. Like, I, it would have almost been better if it would have been prime time. I just like it, I just want to punch Roger Goodell. Into the oh, place. yeah, it I totally, really do. It, it would have been way better if it was prime time. Way yeah. better. I mean, if it would have been a noon game, it would have been better. Like, the day and the time. It really is about as bad as it gets. And here's but, the thing. Like, if it was my son's birthday, my son loves the Saints. He's obsessed. Yeah. Like, he would totally be down with watching the whole thing. But, like, my daughter could care less and just will like, take no. it. Are you yeah. going to be like, you're such a big girl. Now, God damn it, Brady. You can say yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But here's the, here's the one thing I will say that, that – And it's that, the Bucks that, too. You know? Yeah, like, it's, it's the Bucks. Uh, that makes it even worse. Yeah, I can't wait till Tom Brady leaves the Bucks so we can go back to not giving a damn about them. Um, but I will say one thing that the NFL schedule makers did that's going to make the that makes the the Saints part of the biggest NFL story left to tell before the season starts. They open the season hosting Green Bay, the three twenty five national game. We have to su- we have to suffer through Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, but. The great thing about that, Andrew, is suddenly, as Saints fans, the Aaron Rodgers drama, will the Packers trade him, will he stay? Like, that's such a big story. I think when it's resolved, that may be a breaking a breaking news podcast for us because if they trade him, then you face Jordan Love. If they decide, If they decide to keep him, then it's Aaron Rodgers versus Jameis Winston. It's a huge story that we're going to be following very closely where if the Saints played the Packers later in the year, I don't think we would necessarily care as much. Uh, but it's a hu- that's a huge, huge thing for week one. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think uh, that's a game that – I mean, I, we all got to expect that Rodgers is going to be there, right? I mean, I, I still I, – yeah, I can't fathom I, I, a scenario where the Packers don't find a way to make him – to pacify him. You know, like whatever they, it takes to make they, him happy. Supposedly, right? they tried to throw a bunch of money at him, but he was like, it's too late. So I don't know. We'll see. So we got a bunch of – we got a couple of people that want to talk. Uh, Trevor, I'm going to go to you first and then Matt. Trevor, what's your thoughts on the schedule? Uh. 
can 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 you hear me? I've never done this before. Yeah, yeah, you go. Well, you're you're great. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, yeah, about the Halloween game. All I want to know is, in exchange for not having a Halloween game, would you be okay with the NFL just taking a fourth round pick next year? <laughs> I mean, they're probably. Uh, I mean, that's a pretty high RAS score we're forfeiting there. Yeah, I mean, Trevor, they had they're going to get a comp fourth probably for Hendrickson. So, I mean, I probably would say no. I think Andrew might say yes. Nah, I, I, I mean, I still think my i'll figure out my own personal issues right my own family stuff like i can figure that out i i can't sacrifice the saints well-being for my own pleasure so um (laughs) you know i'll deal with my daughter being mad at me for an hour or whatever um and i'll find a way to make it up to her but no we got to keep that fourth round pick because because here's the thing like goodell's taking away picks no matter what so we need all the picks we can keep We are on the Locker Room app every Wednesday night at 9 o'clock talking Saints, talking NFL, talking draft. It's amazing. You can interact with us, goof it to us. You can make fun of me, mispronounce names. You can ask serious draft questions about Andrew. We're having a blast talking Saints live. All you have to do is go download the Locker Room app for free in the iOS app store. Create a profile, link to your Twitter, and then join the NFL group. Follow me at Saints Happy Hour to be notified when the room goes live. We'll be going live every Wednesday at around 9 o'clock to talk Saints, to talk draft, and basically to make fun of me mispronouncing names. So do it. Download the Locker Room app today and then join us live every Wednesday at 9 o'clock. Sports. Culture. Takes. Take Line has it all. Take Line is a weekly podcast hosted by Emmy winner Jason Concepcion and former WNBA champ Renee Montgomery. That's a fast-paced exploration of the NBA and the world of sports and culture. Each week, Jason and Renee talk about the games, players, controversies, and issues that run both on and off the court. Follow Nail to hear Take Line every Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. Trevor, before, I, before we get to Matt... Uh, are you in New Orleans, and will you be going to games in New Orleans or road games this year? Uh, I haven't seen the schedule yet. I'm going to be living in Delaware, so probably the only game I'll be able to go to are any games over there on the Northeast. Mm. Well, well, you've got, you got you got Buffalo Bills. I don't know how far that is. No, me, bu- but but Buffalo is New Orleans. Oh, that's in New Orleans, right? Right. So, right. but he's got Washington, New York he's, Jets, right? He's got the Jets. You know. Um, you got uh, Philadelphia. Philly? You got yep. Philly. So you got you got options, especially Philly. You got. You I, got I will. I will be trying to make some of those games if I uh, if I can make it work with uh, yeah. the job. Yeah. Well. Well. Good luck, Trevor, and, and thanks for joining us tonight. We appreciate it. Um. So, Matt, uh, what's your thoughts on the schedule, and uh, are you going to be attending games? What's up? What's up, man? Oh, hot. So go ahead. What? What? Uh, are you going to be attending games, going, and what's your thoughts on the on the the hardest part of the schedule? Uh, I hope to attend a game at some point. Uh, just with work and all that, it's probably going to be a little difficult. But <laughs> I'm hoping to hoping to uh, go to a game. I'll say probably the difficult game is probably the back to back Thursday night games. You know, going Thanksgiving and then Dallas because we have that similar fade in 2017 and well it did well in Thanksgiving but then 
that game against Dallas. And- that was 2018, yeah. And they, they did look in that game, even though it wasn't, Andrew, it wasn't necessarily, you know, you play Thursday and then you get a full week and you play the week after Thanksgiving. They still, I remember that game. Like, they looked not flat, but they looked like, they looked like a, the best way to show it is they just look like a soccer team that had to play like a Monday, like they that played on a Thursday and then had to play again on a Sunday. Like they just look kind of dead, you know, like they couldn't, they couldn't muster up the, 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 the energy or whatever. Um, yeah. So that see, is- but, but my thing about the two Thursdays is like, so I get that, you know, you're basically looking at three games in 10 days, right? Or three games in 11 days. So I get that like, it's a, it, it's pretty compact, but really, the stressor is that it's two games in four days, right? It's like Philly followed by four days later, Buffalo, Buffalo. on Thanksgiving. And, and you've got to be in Philly that Sunday, and then you, you fly back to New Orleans, and then your game is at home on that, on, on that Thursday. So that, that's really the stressor. But like, if you were to tell me that you're going to have two Thursday night games this season – I would immediately say give them to me back to back because then you have a week to prepare. You you have the spacing that that's more like you're on schedule mm-hmm. from Sunday to Sunday, and then on top of that, on the other side of that second Thursday, it's almost like you get a bye week, right? You're, you're yeah. so you don't you don't play for ten days. So I actually prefer it this way. If we're gonna have two Thursdays, I hate Thursday games, but like give them to me back to back. So. I actually like how that played out, and both Thursday night games are uh, are both at home. So you get an opportunity to play back-to-back at home on Thursdays, and then you have a big bye before you have to go to New York, which I like. You know, and and Matt, I'll talk to yeah. you. You know, thanks, thanks, for, uh, thanks for the comment. There is one thing I kind of do want to add. I, there are a couple things that, looking at the schedule, I'm kind of relieved about. the Not too much, like uh, – cold weather games and there's like probably three to worry about and how most of the games are just flat out noon games not just a bunch of uh late afternoon games i'm very fortunate about that that is good yeah Yeah. i mean i don't think it's gonna be that i mean seattle you know october 25th i think is still okay like that could be a lot worse you know tennessee is november 14th that's okay to me so like Really, the only two where I'm like, that could be cold is Philly, November 21st. And the Jets. Um, and then the Jets, obviously, on December Panthers 12th, it's going to be cold. Panthers, no, 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 they played the Panthers. They played the Panthers at home January 2nd. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So you're right. I mean, then, Matt, thanks, thanks for chiming in. No um, so, uh, you know, it might just be one cold game in, or maybe two max, you know? You know, you know what's going to be interesting, Andrew? And, and maybe. Maybe by the fall, I have this completely wrong. But there's a bunch of places still in the United States where their COVID rules are way, way tighter than other places. You know, Texas is like, COVID's done. We're just, you know. Plowing forward, yeah. Plowing forward. Seattle and Washington, they go forward, go back. go for, They go to phase three. They then go back to phase two. And, you know, it's still, look. September is still a long way away, but you could have some inequities where the, you know the NFL is going to play these games and you know they're going to pressure these these uh, these loca- localities to let them have open full stadiums. But 
you may have a place where what if Seattle, because they've been so stringent in Washington, what if they go back and they only are allowing a 40, a 50% capacity, you know, or worse. That, yeah. Or worse. That's a huge, that is a huge ad- advantage for the saints. Or if the saints get to play a full stadium, but Carolina, like, you know, it just, it, it's one of those things. Massachusetts is one of those places where they're, they have very tight restrictions. The saints, could they play in New England? And it's only 50%. So I think that's one thing to keep an eye on. Hopefully it's not because I, because New Orleans, one, they've been sort of tight on the restrictions going back and forth. But two, I just want freaking COVID to be over. Get your, get your goddamn shots, America. I want it behind us. And I don't know about you, Andrew, but I got the season tickets uh, with my mom. I'm going to like – I'm going to be going to games. Like I'm going to two or three games at least this year. Like I, my attitude is I'm vaccinated. Let's go. I'm ready. To, yeah. I'm ready to roll. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know which ones I'm going to go to. I mean, I'm always in New Orleans over the holidays. So it, it's, I mean, December 27th against the Viking, uh, sorry, Monday night football against the Dolphins. My um, wife. I'll definitely be at that one. That's a given. And uh, yeah, I wonder if maybe our live show at, uh, Zach Streif's whole right. watering hole, you know, that might That's be, right. uh, that might be a good one, but, uh, you know, Thanksgiving going back home for Thanksgiving, uh, for the bills, you know, that, that has, uh, some intrigue as well. Yeah. I'll definitely be going to the Packers, probably going to Miami and maybe maybe, uh, maybe Atlanta, you know, maybe. Yeah. And, and listen, if I go for Thanksgiving, I mean, should I just stay in a, another week and go to the Cowboys game? <laughs> uh oh, we got. Just saying. I got. I got. I, I'm getting. Uh, I'm getting double teamed by. I'm getting double teamed by Juge's. Stephen Juge, Andrew's dad is joining us. Mr. Juge, how's it going? Going great, guys. Listen, what I want to know is, I want to know if I'm going to the game at FedEx Field on October 10th. Yeah, well, last time they played at FedEx Field, that that was the time we went, right? Was that, that the last yeah, round? Right, and, and I was going to say, Andrew, I know you, and you had such a bad experience one time before with Elizabeth, you know, where, where you know, former Washington Redskins fans were so rude. You, you said you'd <laughs> never go back, but we went back, so I don't know. You think we ought to go, and is this time for Cullen to go to a game, maybe? I don't know. Yes, yeah, so the, la- the-, the last two times we've gone. So two times ago, it was remember it was when Reggie Bush ran back a punt for a touchdown, and then late in the game, the the Redskins, the, the former Redskins won, and it was like an exciting, highly charged game that ended. You know, they won late, and so like their fans were just brutal because they they were coming at us because we were both wearing Saints jerseys. This the, right. the last time I went with my dad. You know, that was when Kirk Cousins lit us up and we oh lost like 41 God. to 10. That was a blowout. Yeah. yeah. And it was exciting was really for a minute because Mark Ingram broke like a 680 yard run and it was exciting for a second. And then that was really it. Like after right. that, it was all <laughs> Washington. So, yeah, yeah that's, like, that's so that game probably is what got Kirk Cousins that contract. So, <laughs> Um, Didn't we just run like screens all game too? Yes. And and you know what? The Redskins fans were pretty nice that day because they they felt sorry. We were like a wounded puppy. They felt sorry for us. They saw saw me wearing that Saints jersey and they just kind of looked at me and shook their head like, like, your defense. That's terrible. Tough day, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the last two trips to D.C. have not been kind. Uh, You know, technically the uh, stadium's in Maryland. But um, so – yeah, I'm I'm feeling it. Little yeah, it's a one trip. o'clock. It's a one o'clock game. So if we left early, you know, early in a you know, reasonable time in the morning, it's easy to make. 
Yeah, and the Redskins, like, they'd be interesting as a team. I mean, they won the division, obviously, last year at 7-9. and nine. Uh, they have Fitz, they have Fitz Magic at quarterback. He's given the Saints traumatic, traumatic PTSD with his thing. You know what I will say, Mr. Juge, is one thing that I'm concerned about is, Andrew, when was the last time the Saints defense started out a season strong? Like, that is a concern. Like, not that their defense is bad, but their defense is bumpy early in the year. And facing potentially Aaron yeah. Rodgers to start the year would be, not the quarterback you want to kind of act like. Yeah. yeah. People were tell people were telling me about another Redskins Saints game when RG3 made his first start and lit up the Saints, but I don't even count 2012 cuz Sean Payton wasn't there. I feel like that doesn't count, you know? Like like right. the, the the Katrina year and Bounty Gate, you can just kind of pretend that those never happened as far as I'm concerned if you want to. Right. Yeah, so, Dad, which, which one you got circled besides uh, the Washington football team? Is there any other that piques your interest out of the schedule? I don't know. I was thinking, you know, maybe Carolina. You know, at Carolina. No, what is that, like a five-hour drive? Ooh. Yeah, and that, that's September 19th, so that's right around my birthday. That's your so, birthday. Yeah. yeah. That might be, you know, that, that might be a time my life lets, lets, me, lets me out of the house, you know. Father-son road trip. Yeah, that'd be fun. We, well, we could get three three generations of male yeah. judges on that. Game. That's right. Nobody goes to the Carolina Panthers games. That's right. Easy to get tickets, right? Yeah. Oh, easy, easy. You easy. can watch the. It might be the home debut of Sam Donald. You know. Um, so, Ralph, if you're talking about defense being so bad, you're thinking like in the beginning of the season with the Packers, we're going to need we the Saints would need 35 or 40 points to win that one, right? Ooh, I mean, I. I would, I would almost assuredly. I mean, uh, Adebo, uh, he like Aaron. Aaron Rodgers will baptize him with fire. I mean, that's terrifying, right? You know. (laughs) So, what do you, what do you guys think are the chances that by that time, I don't know, Jameis Winston has great rhythm and timing with Michael Thomas, and you know, we get some real good offensive production. I mean, the Packers. The Packers' defense is not great, and um, they have they have a number two corner issue just like the Saints. They drafted what was the guy from Georgia, uh, Andrew Stokes. Oh, uh, Stokes, Eric Stokes. Yeah, so they have they have corner issues too, um, you know. And 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 listen, it is incredibly you know the Saints couldn't do it. It's incredibly, incredibly difficult to churn out thirteen and three, thirteen and three, thirteen and three. You know, I made the yeah. point of trying to win, trying to win fifty games in four years is incredibly difficult. The Saints didn't, do, you know, the Saints didn't do it. Or fifty, yeah, fifty games in four years, it's hard to do. And I just feel like Green Bay, like they're probably going to backslide, even though it's a seventeen game schedule, just because it's just. It's so hard. Law of averages, right? Yeah, like it's like like the difference between thirteen and three and eleven and five is just a couple of bounces, and that's if you maintain the same level. If you get some injuries, guys backslide, you can easily easily fall into the nine win, ten win category, and that's what's been so amazing about the freaking Saints the last four years. Like they just didn't. They didn't backslide at all. I mean, last year just a tick, but like it's just been it's just been uh, incredible, you know. Uh, so, uh, Mr. Juge, thanks for the call. I, I enjoyed having a, a Juge family reunion on the uh, on the locker room map tonight. It was enjoyable. 
Thank you, guys. Great, great to talk. Um, Andrew, the other thing we have to talk about today is the Saints in October um, are just ridiculous. When was the last time the Saints lost an October game? I mean, I'd have to look at the schedule. It's it's Off the top I mean, of my head. I can't. I can't remember. It, it's it's. It's it's amazing, you know. Yeah, um, I mean, they they've been so dominant in October. It's almost like it's money time for the Saints for Sean yeah, Payton. Because here's the thing, even and, and I, I mean, I, so let's talk just about October for a sec. Because like, I look at the schedule and after Green Bay, you got a four game stretch that's pretty soft at Carolina, at New England, and New England was pretty weak last year. Mm-hmm. Then you get the Giants at home. And then you go to Washington. And so three of those four games are on the road. Uh, and yet you feel like you got to win a lot of them before I mean, the bye. You're going to be, they're going to be, fav- they'll be favored, I think, in at least, they'll be favored in three of those games. If, if Aaron not all Ro- four. Yeah. And, and, and if Aaron Rodgers doesn't play, they'll be a touchdown favorite against Green Bay. Yeah, you know? so I mean, I look at that's the beginning of, of the schedule before the bye week, and I, I'm just thinking if they don't get to three and two, it's going to be tough because then you know your next three games you got at Seattle, Tampa at home, Falcons, and then at Tennessee. So two and two would be, I think, fortunate during that stretch. So like if you don't if you don't have a winning record going into the bye, and then you got Buffalo after that, so. Mm-hmm. I would just say, yeah, they have got to have a winning record, ideally four and one after those yeah. first five. And 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 Buffalo, I mean, I know maybe Saints fans don't fall you you know, hey, they made the NFC they the AFC championship and you think of it but they they really are, you know, I think maybe one of the contenders where we talked about the last three years, especially the saints had the best roster one to 53 or one to 55. I think Buffalo is in that conversation now. Like they're, well, I, I think, is- th- I think they're the best team in the league. Like, you know, the, the chiefs have Mahomes, And so obviously that's worth a lot just on, just on its own. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think top to bottom, if you evaluate all these rosters, I would say, Last year, I felt good about saying the Saints might be the best roster in the league. This year, I would say it's Buffalo. Yeah, and, and the, my point is... Basically, like, whoever Emmanuel Sanders plays for, that's that's how I base it. <laughs> the thing is with Buffalo is, is that's one of those games where I'm a, like 100% certain when they come in for that Thanksgiving game, they'll have a winning record and they'll be in first place in the AFC East. Like, they're, they're just like... I, I, I can't... Like, unless... Unless Josh Allen got hurt, like that's the probably the only thing that can derail them. Like they may be, they may be not like the number one seed in the AFC, but they'll be atop the AFC East or close to it. They're just their roster is so deep they can absorb, they can absorb a bunch of injuries. Whereas like you look at other, yeah, teams but Josh, like, Josh Allen does play kind of a. He's reckless, man. He, yeah, he does play the kind of game where he could get injured. He's a nightmare though because he's just like a big dude and he can run and he just can he's just so hard to sack you know the yeah, what, what, what is what is going on with your cat today <laughs> that's that's minxy man she's uh she's just uh that's her that's her normal thing a lot of times during the regular podcast i try to mute myself when she's going crazy but i can't uh i can't mute myself as easily on locker room you know the, the 
the New England game is interesting because they play two weeks, and I wonder, Andrew, with a team like New England, how quick is their hook for Cam Newton? You know? Like, like because last year at the end of the year, he was broken, like physically. And – like if well, what out, was weird is they benched him a few times last year, and then and but then they go back to him the subsequent game. Did you notice that about the yeah, Patriots last I mean, year? They're, like they're, it, was, it was strange. Where like they basically decided like, yeah, you're not cutting it, you're done. And so I was like, okay, well they pulled the ripcord on on Cam, and I figured they'd be done with him, and then he he they'd come back and start him the next week. So because, they, because the options yeah, were terrible, I, I think it's one of those things where. Yeah, the, yeah. I I think the Patriots will feel similar to last year in the sense that if they're down a couple touchdowns, like Cam is their probably their best option to win if they get into a dogfight where they're running the football successfully and you know it's a low scoring game and you know they're they're milking the clock. But like if they go down two scores where they got to throw every play, I think they're under no illusions that like Cam can't can't do that. He can't bring them back from like a double digits deficit so like i think that's that's the thing and that's that's what everyone that's the that's the mark on the patriots around the league is like you get up two scores on them and, and they're done well because, because cam, cam just doesn't have it because cam doesn't have it and their wide receipt their wide receivers are trash right so it's just it compounds matt as always comes through last time the saints lost in october 2016 at kansas city wow I mean, because that, that that was the thing, man. Even who the was the thing, quarterback then? Was it Alex Smith? Uh, yeah, I guess it was. Here's the thing with God, the I don't Saints: even remember is that game. even even when they were Michael Thomas forgot to get out of bounds and they couldn't do a hail mary at the end. But the the uh, the, the interesting thing about the Saints is even in like 2015, 2016, when they were bad. They would start out September bad, but then they would get rolling in October, get back to 500, we'd get our hopes up, and then they'd crash and burn. So, yeah. like, they've had this stretch of, like, I bet you if you take out the Kansas City game, the, the, the record – I mean, you can include it, and the record's, like, ridiculous. Um, oh, I think is, since 2006 it's absurd. It is. I mean, if, the, the entire Sean Payton era, October is just – it's unheard of. It is unheard of how dominant the Saints are. And and never forget like like their home record in October is it's a joke. It's a joke. Like you could it's it's. I remember somebody said like the surest thing in the world is the Saints at home in October. Well, know? well, uh, another kudos to uh, Roger Goodell. Probably no uh, no accident that the Saints bye week occurs on October this year. God, I hate that guy. I hate that guy. He's you like, know, oh, you don't lose in October? Yeah, we'll play yeah, by week then. We're only going to play three weeks. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it'll be interesting with this schedule. Uh, I'm curious about Atlanta. That, that, you know, I know people think, well, Arthur Smith, he designed a really great offense in Tennessee, and he turned around Tannehill, and, and that's all true. But he's a new coach. Sometimes these coaches that you think are going to be really good at it and, and special – Flop. 
You work hard and play hard. So treat yourself and stock up for summer barbecues with Kansas City Steak Company. Visit KansasCitySteaks.com and get 10% off your order and free shipping with code SD at checkout. For classic steak cuts to USDA Prime to American Style Kobe, hard to find specialty cuts and more. Kansas City Steaks has everything you need to fire up the grill. They make it so easy. Each order from Kansas City Steaks is flash frozen and delivered directly to your home. Satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. Imagine relaxing in the backyard with your family while enjoying steakhouse quality meals from Kansas City Steaks. Try their butter tender filet mignon, Kansas City strips, juicy steak burgers, all beef jumbo hot dogs, and even complete meal combos. Bring the steakhouse to your house this summer with Kansas City Steaks. Go to KansasCitySteaks.com and get 10% off your order and free shipping with the code SD at checkout. That's KansasCitySteaks.com, code SD, KansasCitySteaks.com, code SD. This week has tons of sports action as the MLB, NBA, and NHL are all in full swing. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sports news. Sign up for bonuses and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Did you see Teddy Bridgewater? Teddy Bridgewater just burn the Panthers to the ground today. He was like, we didn't yeah, practice. Yeah, I saw that. We, he's like, we didn't practice two minute. We didn't practice hurry up. We didn't practice situational. And, and even if he's exaggerating a little, like Carolina was terrible. They lost all a ton of close games. They were bad clock management. They were bad in two minutes. So obviously what he was saying, it, it had the results show that he's speaking some truth to it. Um, so we'll see about that. But you were, you know, you've been kind of team Matt Rule. Yeah, I was. I liked, I liked him, but I like. Well, I, you I hated watched, the hire, then you've went full swing the other way. I have the pendulum I, I, swung the other way, where you're like, oh, Matt Rule's a good coach. Carolina's going to well, be a problem. I, I did, and so now they, is it kind of coming back full circle here? I, 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 I it's it's closer to the. To, it's not 180 degrees, but it's getting closer because. Because I, I just look at, at their personnel decisions and I'm just like, Matt Rule, do you, do you know what you're doing? Like, I mean, should they have picked J.C. Horn and gone with Sam Darnold over, like, drafting a quarterback? Like, I just – I'm not so sure. Like, I'm just not so sure. And, and the thing is, you know what I always say, like, having a coach that does every freaking thing – those guys that are good at it are rare. Like, like even Sean Payton, he might have final say and a lot of input, but Mickey Loomis does too, Jeff Ireland. You know, I don't feel like Sean Payton is in complete and utter control of everything, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I think, I just think it's hard. So I, I, uh, I, I could, I'm, I'll happily be wrong about Matt Rule. Like, rub it. Andrew, I hope they're terrible, and I hope you rub it in my face in October. Like that would be that would be delightful. 
Like I, I'm, I am, not, I am not invested in my Matt Rule as a good coach take at all. Yeah. In fact, I'm, I, in fact, I want to be wrong. I, I still just, I'm not a Sam Darnold believer, and um, I mean, I need to see induced. I know he played for the Jets, but it's just like, it, it's not even like James. Jameis has made plays, you know. <laughs> Darnold has done nothing, this so. Time. I just feel like they're not going to scare me until I see something. And, like, if I'm a Carolina fan and Teddy Bridgewater, I know he's, like, the scorned guy on the way out. So maybe he's – I mean, Teddy, it surprises me that he would say that in the sense of, like, he's a professional and I'm just surprised that he would say something bad on the way out. But um, if he, if they, if that's really true, like, if they didn't practice red zone offense, they didn't practice two-minute drill, like – that's. I, that that's a that's that a really really bad sign. For that Carolina. can't be true. That can, I just like it. It may might be like you know what it may be. He may have come from the Saints where Sean Payton is drills that drills that drills that, and Carolina did it differently. And he's like, this isn't even really practicing it. You know, it's like uh, when I I'm a fan of Everton. Like when they had Roberto Martinez, he practiced set pieces deep set piece defense from corner kicks he did it like the last 15 minutes of practice and so players were like that's not even really doing it you know so it may it may be that sort of thing but i'll say this about sam darnold you are very very hard pressed andrew to find a quarterback as bad as he's been his first three years and became something later either with the team that drafted him or somebody else like he is horrifically bad and those quarterbacks they don't amount to anything like they have a lot of they have a decent amount of guys like Jameis Tannehill uh, Rich Gannon was a a guy from way back that are kind of like eh. they kind of Brad Johnson Brad Johnson you know they have guys that switch teams and the 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 situation is better for them and they can Hostetler. thrive. Yeah. Yeah, Hostetler, they can thrive and be and be really good. Um but they but the thing is at their first stop, they showed you a lot to make you really believe in them or give them a chance. Darnold has done nothing. Darnold, Carolina traded for him and their whole theory is he was a jet. And everything that he did with the Jets is all because of the Jets, and none of it is his responsibility. That's the theory. And the Saints were kicking the tires on him too. So, Well, you know, know. it's just weird that, you know, not long ago, Carolina had a former MVP in Cam Newton. The Falcons had a former MVP in Matt Ryan. And then Tom Brady and Drew Brees, you know, are in the division as of last year. Mm And now I'm looking at the NFC South QBs, and it's just like there's so much unknown. Like it's gone from like Ryan and Newton, who mm-hmm. are two MVPs, Drew Brees, who's maybe the greatest of all time. You know what I'm saying? Like, and now, yeah. and even like when Jameis was in Tampa, he was the first overall pick, and it was like maybe this guy will be good. So now you look at Tampa, and I, I mean, I maybe Tom Brady will play another 50 years, but. I feel like he's on borrowed time. Sam Darnold, to me, that that may be a decline over Teddy Bridgewater in Carolina. Like we we have no idea. Like that could be terrible. Matt Ryan is starting to feel like he's on borrowed time, and then the Saints are kind of in flux. So like the NFC South, to me, the quarterback situation is is kind of unstable 
all around. And no one, like you had two teams in Carolina and Atlanta that were both in the top 10. Neither of them left with quarterbacks, even though there was like five consensus top 10 guys. There was a plethora of guys. Yeah, and so Atlanta, the- you know, I like the Falcoholic. Dave Chode is a, is a friend of the podcast, so I check on their blog just to, not just during the year when we, when we hate read them and hate follow them. I just wanted to drink, their, <laughs> as, you, as you like to say, we like to drink their tears on Sunday. But, you know, he made a great point is like, you know, Terry Fontenot, Arthur Smith, they have gone all in on we can get three to four more years out of Matt Ryan, and these three to four more years are going to be super successful. And he said, look, there's a chance that they went Kyle Pitts, that Matt Ryan starts his decline. You hadn't really fixed the defense. You are worse off than purgatory, and you missed your shot in – a historic quarterback draft. Now, all these quarterbacks aren't going to be good, but if you're Atlanta and Matt Ryan breaks down in two years, right, and you look at Chicago and they've, for the first time in 75 years, fixed their quarterback problem, I tell you what, Atlanta, if I was a Falcon fan, I'd be like, you didn't pick Josh Fields. He's from Atlanta and he's playing for the Bears. You bet on Matt Ryan. You need to get up out of here, Terry Fontenot. You know, like it is a huge, it's a huge gamble they took because they have to win and almost win big with Matt Ryan the next two to three years, I think. Well, I, yeah, the way his contract's structured, I mean, I think they can get, they can exit, um, you know, but I, I just, he, he's been a really durable player, Matt Ryan has. Like he, he's been able, you know, to, to play a lot. But I just want to point out, he's 36 this year. And in 2019, he was sacked 48 times. It was the most of his career. Yeah. And last year, it was 41 times. And I'm, I'm just saying, like, the last two years, that offensive line, really the last three years, that offensive line, I just want to – when he was 32 years old in 2017, he was sacked 24 times in 16 games, barely at all. Since then, 42, 48, 41. He Ooh, has been getting – crushed that offensive line has been awful and 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 i'm just looking at like the falcons and i i don't know that they've done enough this offseason and here's the thing here's the thing with atlanta when you talk about 48 above 40 sacks that's archie manning getting crushed territory with the right and he's 30 and he's 36 so like i'm just saying like how much longer can you count like they have a third and a fourth round pick this year that are offensive linemen. So, I mean, they got pits and that's great, but then their second round pick was a safety. So like they got a couple offensive linemen, but like Jalen Mayfield, by the way, that was an interesting pick in the sense that his RAS score was God awful. And it's just interesting that Fontenot's in that building because obviously when it came to drafting Jalen Mayfield, he was like, I like the tape. We're going to take this guy even though his RAS score is a freaking disaster. And, and here's the thing, Atlanta. Like he was, you know how the Saints like guys over nine with a RAS score? You know what Jalen Mayfield was? <laughs> was his RAS? A 4.9. Oh, my God. <laughs> I've had it up to a year. Dave Cariello is somewhere. His ears just melted off. He's well, like, he probably <laughs> loves that pick. He yeah, probably, he probably thinks does. the Falcons just drafted all, all, a Hall of Famer. 
with Atlanta. Remember, though, we know we always make, I always make the joke, fans want to have a great offensive line, but they don't want to invest the draft picks to do it. Atlanta invested a ton in their offensive line with high draft picks. Remember, they drafted offensive linemen, they had traded back into the first round and got another one. And both of them are terrible. So, like, yeah. they have they have the thing where they've invested in the offensive line and it hasn't worked out. Here's our boy. Uh, if you aren't, become a patron. You get in the Discord channel where we talk Saints all the time. It's amazing. You should do it. Jason is always in the Discord. He, I, I like the fact that you're in there almost as, almost as much as me, Jason, so we can talk about the Saints nonstop instead of doing work. And I love floating out some crazy theories every now and then. And here's one for you guys. Um, halfway joking, but, you know, what if Fontenot, who cut his teeth in the Saints organization and really, you know, came up in the business at the knee of, of um, Mickey Loomis, you know, what if he just goes to the Falcons just to sabotage him? To be the <laughs> <laughs> he's a mole like mickey he mickey loomis had always said like fontenot was one of the guys they were groom, like grooming that he would like eventually groom. take mickey loomis's job what if Font- they hug on on fontenot's way out the door and fontenot whispers i'll be back in three years yeah well i let's remember first of all that ryan pace has kind of been a disaster in chicago and and he'll never be able to live down the trubisky thing so like that, that's been awful. And if we look at the assistant coaches that have left the Saints, it, it ain't it ain't pretty. It ain't good. You yeah, know, Lombardi's, every, every, get, Lombardi's getting a – I'm surprised he got a second crack at being an offensive coordinator. He got fired in Detroit in the middle of the year. And then after they fired him, they went on to win – to be better. Like I was stunned that he got another crack at being an offensive coordinator. I'm just saying like when you look at – what Curtis Johnson did and Dennis Allen did as the head coach, Curtis Johnson at Tulane. Like they, they all, they both came back. Like, I'm just saying like a lot of these coaches, they come back. And so I, I Fontenot, like, I, I don't know. Like, I just feel like a lot of times, like you have, you're smart and you're supported by a really stable environment. Um, and then when you go elsewhere and you're the big dog and you've got to create that stable environment, not everyone is capable of doing that. You know, it's mm-hmm. one thing to blossom in a place that you're protected, but when you're the guy, like, and look, I, maybe he'll do great, but I'm just saying, like, you look at I the history not. of the people that have learned from Sean Payton, the people that have learned from Mickey Loomis, the track record is pretty awful. Yeah. Loom, Ryan Pace has all of Mickey Loomis's. All of his uh, aggressive qualities, but none of the infrastructure to to know the right players to go after. <laughs> you know, he doesn't it. have he doesn't have Ireland to help him. So he's, I he's, will I will say Ryan Pace was correct about not matching the Cam Meredith contract. He did yeah. get us on that one. He he got he did. Uh, Jason, thanks thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Um, so Matt Matt's back with us. Um, and and also Joshua. So uh, so let uh, Matt let Joshua go first. Joshua, what you got yes. for us? So my question would be: um, Is Mickey Loomis now officially, I guess, like the new Oakland A's, like how they played Moneyball? If this draft works out, is Mickey Loomis are we the new Moneyball team essentially? 
Ooh, that's a good question. Well, yeah, I mean, it's really – so it's interesting because this is really Ireland's deal. Like, he, this is his baby, and I think the Saints had had enough struggles and enough problems with the draft that Mickey Loomis allowed Ireland to kind of come in and said, hey, this is your baby. Like, I'm, I'm, I have final say, but, like, let's work together. Let's – introduced some of the elements and he was a Parcells guy Ireland was so I know Sean Payton really liked his philosophies and so they were like all right let's let's draw this up let's define it let's get our staff on board let's make sure they understand what it is and so yeah I do think there's a method to it with the Saints and, and whether it's right or wrong I mean time will tell like obviously 2017 was an insane draft and and they've had some good picks, but they haven't replicate, replicated a draft like that since. And look, that's a one-time-in-50-year one draft. So I don't know that anyone will be able to replicate that. The but Saints? They have a method. Like, I think a lot of teams, they don't have a method. They just like, I like this guy's tape. Let's pick him. We have a need at this position, whatever. Like, the Saints have a very specific method. And so it is a lot like, I mean, I like the money ball analogy in the sense that there are more kind of analytics and it's more just data driven mm-hmm. and the the saints everything they've done they've all mickey loomis has always been ahead the saints salary cap the way they ran it people didn't understand it everyone was you know then what happened was a couple of years ago new england started doing it right andrew then people were like oh bill belichick's doing voidable years and it's the you know and we're like Saints did voidable years inside of voidable years. You're like four years behind the curve. But once New England started doing it, then it started going like mainstream. And the thing with the Saints is they are, even on the leading edge now, teams are being more aggressive with the draft picks. Like the Rams, they traded away two firsts, two firsts to get Stafford. They did it for Ramsey. Like teams have realized that Draft picks aren't these like precious diamonds that you hold on to. It's just another tool to make your team good, right? And yep. the thing with the Ireland system, and then we'll get get to you, Matt, in a second. The thing that I, I, I want to talk about that is Ireland talked about how he expanded the Bill Parcells system. And Bill Parcells used to – Bill Parcells really believed height, weight, and speed and, and the averages of each position because Bill Parcells, his famous quote was – you can't. You can draft an exception or sign an exception that a guy doesn't meet the height, weight, speed requirement. You can do that every once in a while and have an exception or two on your team. But if you do that all the time, you have a roster of exceptions, and a roster of exceptions doesn't win a damn thing in the NFL. Meaning, you can have one small dude at receiver or one small dude like Sam Mills at linebacker. You can't win with four Sam Mills at linebacker. I'm sorry. That's just not well, how it's, it works. It's funny because you know, the Sam Mills thing, Like he played next to Vaughn Johnson, who was size, speed. <laughs> yeah. That dude was an animal. Like He was a beast in, in, in every facet of his game. So, uh, yeah, no, I mean, he, that they complemented each other well, but that's it's funny, dude. Like as you're talking about this, I'm just thinking about how much he died on that hill for Tommy Lee Lewis, and I'm just like, well, why? What's well, not lining up here? Yeah, like Tommy Lee Lewis. Tommy Lee Lewis is like, well, I got it, Matt. You talk. I got to find Tommy Lee Lewis's razz. You, go, Matt. You go ahead and talk. What, what do you what, what do you want to interject about the schedule? Yeah. So 
Talking about Sean Payton and his record in October, I decided to take time out and do the math on his record in October. You want to take a guess yeah. on what it might be? Since 2006, right? Yes, since 06. So it's 15 years. It's that that would be that'd be six. That'd be 60 games because they played four. Uh, I'm gonna say it's like 55 and five. No. Nah. No. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna say he's lost less than ten games. No, he's I'm lost gonna, I'm gonna say forty five and fifteen. You got the losses right, uh, Ralph. Uh, in October, because he did have a couple buys during October, he is thirty eight and fifteen. <sighs> That's ridiculous. Yeah, I'm actually I would have I would have expected better. Um, I'm yeah. a little, so there was probably a couple Octobers that. All right. Hmm. Yeah, he's had no Octobers where right. he's had a losing season, but he's had at least five seasons where he went undefeated in October. Interesting. Okay, Tommy yeah. Lee Lewis. 3.20. <laughs> I'm going to guess 4.20. It, it ain't good, Ralph. It is not 3.2. <laughs> the only thing that he got a good grade with was speed, and that's just good. 3.2. Yeah. Damn, that is. Woo. His his three cone was even trash. Like his agility is bad. Like, yeah, like, uh, Tommy Lee. <laughs> now every draft, every draft pick or every bad Saints player. That's gonna be my go to question. <laughs> what was that, Raz? <laughs> I think I'm just gonna. I think I'm just gonna start that just <laughs> just just so I could drive Dave insane. Because it 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 it, it, uh, it tickles me to no end. But uh, Matt, thanks thanks for the uh, thanks for the thanks for the fun as always. Okay, uh, yeah. if anybody else has has uh, has questions or thoughts on the schedule, jump right in. We got about ten minutes left. Well, uh, John, you know you know you, you know, know you know you know it's perfect, Ralph. I, I just want to point this out since we're going down this Raz rabbit hole again. Th- this is going to be really conflicting for Dave. This is going to be a really really difficult thing. Because his old boo, Mark Ingram, kind of like proves his point, right? Because his Raz was 2.57. His Raz was horrible. Mark Ingram's Raz was absolutely atrocious. So, you know, for a running back, he was short. (laughs) He's slow. His agility score is very poor. Well, one of the worst ever. And he had poor explosiveness. So like any and he wasn't that strong. So like Mark Ingram on the on the Raz is as bad as it gets. Latavius Murray, however, is off the freaking charts at nine point eight three. So Dave, on one hand, you know, Ingram's his boo, and he would say, Yes, exactly. Just as I told you, Raz doesn't mean anything. Ingram was awesome awesome, but then you have Latavius Murray. Dude, so. if if Ireland was in the draft room when they did when they were trying to trade up for Ingram, he would have disconnected the disconnected the phone and broke oh, yeah. it in half. Oh my <laughs> yeah. god. Oh my god. I, I I think the Raz for Ingram is an exception because only because our offensive line at that point when we drafted him was stupidly good at that point. And so I think that kind of helped him. Um but my question to interject what game, and I'm sorry if you guys have already answered this, what game do you look at, you know, say Jameis gets the winning job, 
what mm-hmm. game is the benchmark for him to kind of say, okay, this is what we're doing. We're sticking with him. Or it's like, nope, he's not that's it. Good. Let's move that's on. That's a good, that's a good question, Andrew. That's a thing. Jo- Joshua, yeah. that's, I've already given Joshua prizes, so I can't give Joshua prizes. Well, uh, I look at it like this. So Green Bay, like it, I, I could see him throwing picks in that game. Cause yeah, especially if it's Rogers and he just gets into this game where it's 40 to 28 and he feels like he's got to go God mode, you know? Um, and then I, I just think Carolina, like I'd expect him to play well there at new England could be a disaster, you know? And then the giants, I don't really know what to expect with them, but then Washington week five, that might be the best defense they play all year. Like why, as much as Washington, like it's a question mark for me with Fitz magic. And I don't think they're going to be a great team. Uh, that defense is legit. that front, that front, they've invested picks in it and it is nasty like yep. their their front there I, I know tampa won the super bowl and all that there was a moment in that game where you were like does washington have a chance in this game and it was basically their front their defense was playing pretty good like and and like fitz magic will eventually i think sink them maybe but we'll see how the nfc east is but my thing joshua with this question is i think after four week after four weeks if the Saints aren't on the positive side of the turnover ledger, Jameis' job is in jeopardy. I really believe that. Whether the Saints are 2-2 two and two or 1-3 and three or 3-1, three and one, if we get to through week four and the Saints yeah. are like minus 2, minus 4 on the turnovers, it's bad. And Jameis' job is in jeopardy. I think, I think if you want to yeah. boil it down to one thing – that's the thing. Forget all the yards per completion and and, and completion percentage and sack rate and all that. No, no, no. Just look at turnover plus minus. If the Saints are minus after four weeks, Jameis's hold on that job is in serious, serious jeopardy. I I agree with that, but I think in a world where he has a little bit more rope, I kind of circle week nine against the Falcon. Like, let's just say he's the starter. And let's say, you know, let's say at the Patriots, he's awful at Washington. He struggles because those are great defenses on the road. But let's just say like kind of up and down. The Saints are winning some games they are about 500, you know, and he he doesn't lose his job. So it's not like what Ralph is saying where, you know, his job's in jeopardy after week five because he's turning the ball over a ton and nothing's really changed. Like, let's just say he's up and down. I kind of view. I mean, obviously, like the easy pick would be at home against Tampa week eight because that's his old team. But that's another good defense, and I could see him struggle in that game. To me, it's week nine against Atlanta because the way I see that is the Saints were able to win twice last year with Taysom Hill at quarterback against the Falcons. They were able to sweep Mm -hmm. the Falcons with Taysom, and Taysom was able to play well enough in those games. And, like, at that point, like, if Jameis isn't lighting Atlanta on fire – in week nine and showing you that like, yeah, we play a weaker team. We play a weaker defense and like, I- I'm going to put up the stats. I'm not going to turn the ball over. If if we're not feeling it at that point, then like, to me, that's way enough of a sample size to be like, this guy ain't it. No, I, I a hundred percent, I a hundred percent agree. And that could, and it could be a, it could be a, a point, Andrew, where, 
Uh, and thanks, thanks, Joshua. Thanks for the, thanks for uh, asking the great question. That could be a point where like it's, it's week nine, right? And the Saints at that point, they'd have, they'd already have a bye. So they'd really be eight and they'd be like four and four, right? So you could, you could have a sense where if they, if, if they fall and they're like three and five or they, or they, or they lose and they're like four and four, Sean Payton could still look at it and be like, Hey, you know, maybe the NFC South is down, or maybe the playoff spot, the last NFC playoff spot, is going to. You, you look at it, and you're like, you know what, nine and nine and eight can get you a playoff spot. Like, I'm making a change. Be like, we're still in it, and and our quarterback isn't doing it. So, I, I think I think that's a great point. I, I still think, though, my point is once you get a month into the year, if the Saints are on the negative side side of the turnover differential, Jameis is in trouble, especially because the Saints defense, historically, they don't create a ton of turnovers. So, like, the Saints have played this this way with Breeze, Andrew, where they still are, like, plus 5, 6, 7, 10, and it's only because, you know, in, 20, in 2019, they had eight turnovers the whole year, like, set an NFL record, right? And they ended up, like, plus 11 but they only created like 19 turnovers, which isn't that many for a really good defense. So the Saints play on this edge where like they don't create a lot of turnovers to balance the scale. So they've really got to protect the football. So yeah, it, it'll yeah. We we we've got God Charlie and and Joshua who are nervous about Jameis, and I hear you guys. I mean, you know, we'll see. And again, we had a podcast about this. Taysom Hill. Could be the That's guy. Right. I still, I still give him a thirty percent chance of being the starter. Um, so, Chris Miltonberg Berger had a good question, um, and he wanted to know our thoughts on the final four games, knowing injuries late in the season have traditionally been an issue. Mm-hmm. And you know, I would just point out, Chris, that the end of the season is a little soft. You know, and I won't say the four games because at Tampa Sunday night, obviously. If, if Tom Brady's healthy and, and they're playing well, that, that, obviously that could be a very tough game. But then you've got two at home and you're at Atlanta. And I, I just look at Miami. To me, Miami is a fragile team. Like they, they could have a good season and be pretty good, or they, they could kind of fall backwards and not be as good. And it all kind of depends on Tua, which is a question mark to me. So Miami is not terrifying to me. And then I just don't think Carolina and Atlanta, like I just don't think either of those teams are going to be very good. And also, too, the thing like, that they're, I th- they're going to be mailing it in and playing for draft picks at that point. Yeah, and the thing is, too, you know, if, if the Saints are, you know, I don't think, I think the days of the last three years of the Saints having a playoff spot in the division wrapped up by Thanksgiving, which they've had the last three years, by the way. I think those days are done. But I do think they'll be in contention and the Monday night game against the Dolphins, if the Saints are still in playoff contention, you know the Dome is going to be rocking, and that can help. You know, you're back to having yeah. crowds, and that, that can be an amazing thing. So, And I, I just I look at those three rosters, though, those three teams, and to me those are teams that you can find a way to win without being at full strength. Like you just look at matchups, and you're like, can we pound the ball with Latavius Murray and – and, and hurt this run defense that's poor, even if we're missing Kamara, you know, and our offensive line is banged up. Or can we play a team like Carolina and their secondary is so bad that we can torch them with Callaway and, you know, and it'll work. Yeah. Or, or you know, Atlanta, whatever. So, like, Atlanta, are we banged up? But, like, their offensive line is such a calamity that, like, Davenport and, and 
you know, Peyton Turner will tear it up. So I, I just think at the end of the day, those are teams you can find ways to win without being yeah. 100%. All right, we got to get out of here because we're at the hour mark, Andrew. Give me a – right now, you know, we, we haven't seen the Saints in training camp, and you can make the cha- – you can, you can change the prediction before the season, and they may have Richard Sherman. They may do some other things. Your prediction, seeing the schedule now that it's in front of you, what's your prediction for the Saints in 2021? Your first prediction. It can change. It's just in pencil. Yeah, I mean, it's just uh, I don't know what's going to happen at quarterback. I think and that that's the big enigma for me is what kind of play. But I, I just go back to it didn't really matter with Teddy. It didn't really matter with Taysom. Eight and one the last two years with those guys. So, like, I tend to think Sean Payton finds a way to make it work. Like, I, I just I think it's going to be okay. Like, I think they're going to be pretty good. Uh, I, I think the way bigger thing here is just – Losing Janoris Jenkins, losing uh, Emmanuel Sanders, losing Malcolm Brown. Like, th- mm-hmm. those to me are the bigger issues. So, I'm going to say like 10 and 7 right now. Yeah, I, I'm going to say 10 and 7 as well. Um, and I know a lot of people, Nick Underhill and other people on Twitter, and they say, look, it's going to be an easy decision. Either Jameis will show he can do it or he can't. I just think. I'm not my- sure I buy that. What if it's not, though? Uh, that's what I say. It's the Saints. I think it's going to be. I think the Saints are going to go ten and seven. I think they're going to win a playoff game, and I think Jameis is still mostly going to be Jameis. But we're going to be like, what do we do? He won a playoff game. Can we do better? We probably need to do better. But what do we do? And I just think it's going to be. It's going to be a very, very difficult decision because it's the Saints and. It's it, it, it's not going to be really easy because he's not going to be terrible. So it's not going to be an easy eject. It's going to be, do we pay this dude thirty plus million dollars a year? And it's going to be column A, column B, and we're going to be arguing about it because I just the way Saints history is, Andrew. It's it, it's got to be. It's got to. You say difficult. I think it's going to be interesting. But uh, yeah. Well, I just did a post. If you're a ten dollar patron, you can see that now. But kind of gets it at what we're talking about here. And I, I listed five things uh, that I feel like need to happen uh, for the Saints to have a good season. There's like five things that I felt like the, the season really hinges on. And uh, so anyway, you can go read that if you're that's a $10 right. patron. But it's like that that's kind of getting at like I feel like there's five big question marks surrounding those teams. And if the, if they can hit on at least four of those five, I think the Saints are still a really good team. Yeah. So, guys, thanks for joining us. Become a patron. Support our show. Thanks for joining us if you joined us live in the Locker Room app. If you didn't, download the Locker Room app wherever, however you have your phone, Android or iPhone, and join us. We're having fun. We're talking Saints for an hour every week on a Wednesday night. So, guys, thanks for joining us. Become a patron, and we will see you again tomorrow. Tomorrow.